I'm Gemma Sampson. I'm an advanced sports dietitian. And today I am chatting with Steve Cummings about his experience with nutrition over his really diverse career. So thanks for joining me, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we, we worked together um, a couple of years ago at Dimension Data. And yeah, I just like, I mean, you've, you have literally raced for like almost 20 years and have you, did you, did you find that things changed nutrition wise for recommendations or what you were doing over that? Yeah. So I remember, so I, I raced professionally for 15 years. My first team was in Belgium and I remember, yeah, if you were to take that first team and the nutrition there to what it was 15 years later was completely different. I mean, part of that was because um, like the budget of the team, the team was a very small team. So you're talking like low level and then you go to, to a higher level and it was the, the opposite end of the spectrum. So that did affect it as well. But we there, I used to take my own like science and sport products, you know, and um, they were still, since then they've developed so much, so much more stuff. So then it was just like, some of these lads thought I was crazy. What's that? What's that powder stuff? You know, it's like a recovery drink. Yeah. And uh, couldn't get their head around it. And I'd take my own race food and stuff like that. Um, and I think British cycling was ahead of the curve anyway. Maybe with that, with all that stuff. Certainly in like if you can, if you think about European traditional teams. And then by the time, by the time I stopped, I couldn't keep up with all the new products and stuff coming out and. Um, yeah, it changed massively um, over the 15 years, I guess. So you always, like, basically from the start, you were quite proactive with making sure that you took things for yourself. Yeah, that's what that's exactly what I used to do. I used to take ownership of everything, really. Um, so, and nutrition was such a huge part. I realised, like, being a track rider, it wasn't always, you know, you're not so concerned with being super skinny. It was more like being powerful and fast, explosive and all that kind of stuff. So when I went onto the road, which was, like, my passion, you know, I was, I wouldn't say I was obsessed, but I, I was very, yeah, just looking to learn about, you know, trying to get leaner, trying to get stronger, trying to recover faster. And yeah, for sure, I made some huge, huge mistakes along the way. Yeah. Because a lot, a lot of it, you know, I worked with several nutritionists along the way, and um, at times I felt like I was a guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, I'm sure I was really when you look back. But um, yeah, I was learning about myself, learning about myself. So, what sort of mistakes did you make? Uh, a lot. Uh, but, um, I think. I think initially, you know, you when you're young, you're not patient and you want to get, you see these senior pros and these guys in the Tour de France and they're all ripped up and they haven't got an ounce of ounce of uh, fat on them. Mm. And you think, oh, I need to look like that. But it's, it just takes time and it's not realistic to think you can do that in six weeks. So um, I think the, the initial mistakes, and I, I don't know, but, I think maybe when you're younger, there is a tendency to be impatient and try and rush things. Yeah. I think that's sometimes when you get yourself in a mess because you maybe cut too much and then you, um, there's always kind of like a rebound effect to that, that you, uh, with me, I'd, I'd often cut too much and then you end up go to a race, you eat like normal because you have to, and you end up sort of like blowing up a bit, swelling up. Uh, um, 
storing stuff so yeah it was, it was it was hard to find that balance it took me quite a long time to be honest to find that balance yeah and I suppose every, for everyone it's just that slight slightly different as well yeah I think you talk about body types as well and I don't I'm not one of these guys who's naturally skinny it was like really quite hard work to to get there um you know the guys you see are they can just seem to be able to eat what they want and they're skinny. And for me, it was like really hard work to, and I had to be um, pretty, I'd say strict, but it becomes like a lifestyle. And I, I don't know if strict's the right word. It's more like structured. So I think there's a time and a place for everything. It's just, I think that was probably one of the key things I learned, like about timings and stuff like that. So to enjoy food at the right time and then be a bit stricter when it wasn't the right time that's you I suppose there's there's periods where like it might be sort of race weight and you want to be leaner for a key race but then to be that that all year round isn't necessarily sustainable yeah exactly there's it's a balance of what is sustainable like for your your morale (laughs) your family's morale as well because there's no good being grouchy you know that affects your family yeah um so yeah kind of figuring out what was a sustainable weight for me and then like uh, I could hover around that weight pretty comfortably all all year, really. I didn't really, towards the end of my career, well, I never really, I never really had big shifts of weight, you know. I never really, like, summer ago, I just jump up eight kilos in the winter, and I didn't, my strategy was different. I'd kind of always hover. I'd never probably be three or four kilos heavier than race weight, but the last kilo was always the hardest, and that was like, I'd do that probably like four weeks before a big, big race o- over time. Yeah. So that's where you talk about the patience where not just be like, Oh, I'm going to lose this next week. Um, like I've, I've got to plan this and ensure that I can make changes. Like you say, in a, a way that you can sustain and still be happy and with nice to your family. Yeah. And no, I think initially, like, you, like for me, I come, we, um, work, come from a working class family and know you fed chips a lot when you're a kid and, and, fish fingers and all that kind of stuff and it's not and that's what's like normal you know and that's maybe not healthy so it's quite a big shift from from eating like that to like the diet of a world tour cyclist like the optimal diet of a world tour cyclist so that took time and um and um when i got there eventually now i just eat like that it's just and it's not really a chore and i've retired and uh i enjoy treats more because i don't have to stress but I haven't really gained masses of weight. I think I've gained five kilos, but it's probably like healthy, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that, that was one of the things I was going to ask you about, like how has your food and nutrition changed? Um, obviously less stress and pressure to be a specific weight, but yeah, how how has that sort of changed in terms of the, the foods that you're eating and the timing? Um, yeah, it was, I always found, to be honest, Nutrition for me was uh, when I, I moved to Italy and I found it much easier then. I think it's, if you live in and around, if you're in Europe and you live in and around the Med, I don't know, for some reason, the food just tastes better. I think because it's locally produced, you buy the sea, it's good meat, it's good vegetables. It never travels very far. And I don't know, like in the UK, it was always felt like everything's, well, it probably because it is, you know, a few days old and it, it doesn't have the same taste so that, I just found it easier to eat better around Italy. And then so we've, since I retired, we've moved back to the UK and um, yeah, I don't know. It is a bit more challenging, but uh, I still eat as if I was in Italy and 
um, eat that kind of style, you know, that Mediterranean way. Mm. Well, that's good. And I think that's one of the things I'm often talking with people is that to eat well and the food that you're eating when you're racing um, should be something that you could maintain for life. And the, I mean, the quantities and the volume might change a bit and it might be slightly more than your, the rest of your family who aren't training, but um, that's great that you've been then be able to sort of keep applying that uh, once you're not racing. Yeah, I think it just, it comes down to habits as well. I think you just, it's just a habit. And, um, and I think one of the things was when I stopped, I always had this feeling of guilt. You know, if you had something that wasn't, optimal <laughs> I always felt guilty and uh that's kind of gone now and um but also because you've been cutting those like I don't know treats if you're like you've cut them out for so many years you know uh, I don't know you you maybe go for a phase where you where you eat them a lot and then you're just like okay so what <laughs> and yeah. then kind of revert back at, and then you find like a happy medium where yeah just just a bit more relaxed about what I, what I have, you know, I used to remember like when I was a rider, I always take my own food when I traveled, if I could, you know, just, to, just for that control. So, so I had control over what I was getting. Cause if you go to the airport, you don't always have control. Um, and often you travel a lot as a professional bike racer. So um, I think those days can, can really add up over the year. If you, if you've got control of what you're eating, that, that was sure. something I learned as well, actually. Yeah, no, I think that's really important. Like it's that whole like planning ahead and because, yeah, you might be like, oh, I'm going like, to get this sandwich or salad or whatever at the airport. But then what if your flight gets changed or the shop is shut or something's changed? It's just ensuring that you're then fueling your body in a way that you know the food's good for you, you know it's going to taste good and it's available when you're going to need it too. And like you say, it's, it's different if you're traveling once every three months, but if you're traveling like three, four times a week, um, which might happen if you're, tra- if you're racing, yeah, yeah, that's that it. It's just about being organised and taking, trying to put things in your case that you know can last. And you've always got something in your bag. Mm. If you were hungry. That's I don't know if I was obsessive, but that's what I did. That's what I did. Yeah, I, I don't think you'd be alone with that. I think a lot of a lot of athletes probably would do that as well, just to have give you that reassurance and they like say that control that you know that you're going to have something when you need it that's going to be the best for you. Yeah, because I, I honestly, because I, I, I was, I had to be kind of pretty strict, pretty rigid to what I ate. So if I did eat something full of sugar, for example, or something like really high in carb, you could see it in my body weight the next week, next day. You know, you, you just it just sit on you, and and sometimes that's good because you want that extra fuel. But if it goes too much, then you, I used to get this feeling of like being heavy legged and blocked, and and uh, that was horrible. I hated that. It used to take me a few days to get rid of all that excess sort of fluid and fuel, you know. Yeah. And what about like um like now? Like are you do you ride much now or like you're still riding now that you've retired? Um my plan was to ride half, but <laughs> normal life takes over and uh with with I think if if things were normal, like because my daughter's not at school, she's home with us. I ride maybe an hour a day because I just don't have time to do any more. And then I try to get out like once or twice for three hours plus really. But um, I think you just priorities change. So I have to, instead of going on the bike at the moment, I'll go take her for a walk because she needs to go out as well. So um, it's just, yeah, I think if she was at school, I'd ride twice, 
three, four hours and then like an hour. So in total, five rides a week probably would be the ideal for me. Also for my mind, you know, otherwise I go crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good way to release extra energy. Do you do, like, I suppose depend, it's going to depend on the weather, but are you doing more indoors at the moment than outdoors? It's all been, yeah, the majority of it has been indoors, even though I love to ride out. I'd rather ride outside any any day. You know, it's just it's in the UK. It's a bit of sometimes it's a bit of a clean up operation. So yeah. you might ride your bike for an hour, but you're just completely soaked and and your bike's dirty. Yeah, it's like, do I really want to spend an hour cleaning my bike after this? <laughs> and all that time getting changed. So it's all about like time and and yeah. If so, twice a week I would go out on the road for sure if the weather's okay but i don't take any risks either so it's been really cold so if it's less than like three degrees i won't ride outside really because i don't want to fall off on ice that's that was that was me when i lived in the uk like the slightest chance of ice i'm like no nah, i'm not out there i'm like i just seen too many mates that i rode with just like they're like yeah it'll be fine and like down and breaking things whether it was themselves or their bikes i'm like i don't get paid to ride i'm <laughs> no. no not cool yeah so uh, over the winter it's just out of ease and you know we're very fortunate that that we got Zwift now and that's it's kind of cool because it keeps you I don't know there's always a challenge on there you know like Tour de Swift or something like that or a little race and uh yeah I enjoy doing that as well yeah that's good good motivation yeah exactly yeah that's cool do you like do you like do you eat much or do you you eat foods or drinks or gels or anything during those rides or what do you do now that you're sort of not racing food wise uh so yeah so if i was so in the summer when i so when I, I stopped so last year in the summer when the weather was good and i had a bit more time and you start to get out a bit more consistently then i would start to eat more properly because if you don't you you don't enjoy it and you can't do you can't maximize your training but at the moment if i was because i'm not riding that much i don't really eat anything on the bike to be honest <laughs> sometimes like, if you do three hours it's nice to have a little stop, but again, like with this COVID, it's, it's hard. We can get a takeaway coffee somewhere, so we, we kind of do that, but I, I tend not to eat. I do put something in my pocket just for emergency, but I don't really need it, really. Yeah, well, I suppose the thing is you've also got like all that year, those years of experience where <clears throat> you're much more efficient at using your stores than maybe the average person who would need to feel a bit more regularly. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I still, you know, when I was a rider, I, did, I, I kind of fasted. I went through, I took it to the extremes probably. And, and uh, I still like to do that now. Now, like, so when I feel like I don't need breakfast, I won't have it and I'll wait till lunchtime. And I, so maybe I'll go for a walk or maybe I'll go on the bike. Um, I don't know. I quite like that. Yeah. You probably don't agree, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's, it's all about that. It's, it all just depends on the training that you're doing. Like, like you say, if, if you're doing sort of more longer, steady rides, then that's it. You don't necessarily need the fuel in that context. If you're going and doing like sprint sessions and you're trying to do it fast, that's when you probably start to come unstuck. Yeah, yeah. I tended, when I was a rider, I'd, I'd fast maybe once, maybe twice a week. It depends, depends once. Um, and it would normally be after a rest day. So it was almost saying before about sort of, you know, if I wasn't using the fuel, it sat on me. So after a rest day, I'd always be a bit heavier. And um, it was kind of logical and it felt right to do it on that day. Yeah. The day after the first day of a, of a two or three day block. 
So you, you said about like, obviously the whole COVID scenario and situation that we're in these days makes things a bit different, but um, you're talking about like a coffee stop. Um, did you, did you used to do coffee, ride, like coffee cafe rides when you were racing or is that sort of a, a, a thing that sort of just happened now that you're not racing? No, there's a funny guy, you know, on the bike. I just, I saw his work and uh, as I got older, it became more and more just like really workmanlike. And I mean, I still enjoyed it and um, I'd stop. I think I was, I trained generally, I trained alone. Um, and yeah, def, no, coffee ride was a, it was a day off for me was a day in the bed really, or a day <laughs> out the bike, that was a day off. Uh, and I, I don't know when I started doing that, I, I felt uh, a benefit, but I think like if you, if you haven't got a family and you live away from home and you, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing better than wasting a few hours with your mates going for a coffee stop. Yeah. Totally yeah. get that. It's all, it all comes down to priorities, your lifestyle, what's sort of going on at home. That I think that has often has a huge influence on people. Don't I think maybe underestimate the the influence of like yes, say your social life, your work situation, and how that influences your training capacity and your nutrition sort of intake too. Yeah, I think ultimately you got to have fun, haven't you? If you if you got to enjoy what you do, and um, that's nutrition you can't be hungry you can be hungry for a period but not forever because it's not fun and um the same you know if, if you enjoy with your riding 30 minutes is that detrimental to your cycling season i don't think so so you just go <laughs> stop with your mate but for me i just want, wanted to get home like i said family and stuff like that and um I, I like to be away from the bike sometimes just uh it made me more hungry when i was on it yeah yeah yeah, that's cool. And do you have any final like words of wisdom for like when it comes to like, well, training or nutrition wise for riders these days based on your experience? Um, just, I'd just say try and be consistent and, and keep learning because um, that's, I think that's what it is. I, I don't think there's one sort of solution or one method that fits everyone. Um, it's kind of finding what works best for you and, and using the, the knowledge of people like yourself who've done all that academics and theory work and they understand all the science behind it, like really use those people and just try and work with someone like that and, and just apply those, those ideas and, and try and learn about yourself and what works best for you. Yeah. Good advice. No, I can't agree more because that's a bit like what works for you isn't going to work for me and vice versa. Yeah, because you were all different, right? We all got different levels of sort of tolerance when it comes to everything, yeah, and all different body types as well. So be consistent, I would say. Good advice. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time. Always. Thank you.